0: Hello friends, how's it going? Welcome to the NTT20 betting show. This is the sound of the start of your weekend. Big weekend in store in the EFL, not many of them left. I'm Ali Maxwell, joined by George Ellick. How are you doing, George? Ahead of a busy weekend of work for your good self. Hello, Ali. Yeah, well, this is work <laughs> as well. I like the idea of, of like coming in with energy. You've come in with the, the opposite of that.
1: Well, not everybody wants energy at this stage can see you sipping on a beer as we're talking over Skype here, and Mm. you know you're you're crowning the start of the weekend but Mm. it's you know this is it's a busy week it's a busy weekend it's going to be interesting on Saturday that we have I guess it's kind of fitting for this season that when it's felt like the football never stops um, Saturday will be the first time for a long time that there's no three o'clock games it's all changed. games going on at Friday night Saturday afternoon early games and, and then the afternoon it's like we're living in a different world
0: yeah, this is a this is a pretty smashing weekend. Uh, if you're a, a true EFL fan, uh, it's one to study the schedule because if you box clever, you could probably find yourself watching an EFL match for about 70% of the daylight hours uh, across Friday night. Well, that's not daylight. And tonight, to be fair. Fr- as well. Fr- yeah, Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday and Sunday. Um, let's get into pressing matters. This is the betting show, after all. We're we're trying to find winners, trying to find value in the EFL. The podcast is for over 18s only we talk about betting there are a lot of risks that come with that um and we ask that anyone listening uh, a is over 18 but of course also understands the risks that come with it never bet more than you can afford to lose and just be careful enjoy yourself and if it ever gets past that point then that is the point to stop that's for sure last week we had an interesting week you're in the championship you had a couple of couple of annoying ones i reckon forest at Ashton Gate, so no dice there. Millwall also started well against Swans but ended up losing 3-0. But Birmingham was a good winner against Stoke. Uh, As for myself, also one of three and probably the team that deserved to win the least Um, I'm I'm going for a sob story here, but Blackpool throwing away a 2-0 lead against Lincoln, having dominated the first hour, uh, and Tranmere absolutely battered Scunthorpe, but didn't have James Vaughan to put the ball in the net, whereas Bolton overcame a tough uh, first half to beat Harrogate. So um, not a great week, hoping to go better this time round. George, what I want from you to, to kick us off is your best bet, your nap, ahead of the EFL weekend. My nap
1: is for one of the current best teams in League 2. Sorry, in League 1. I don't want to relegate them because this is the whole point. Is I don't think they are going to go down. Uh, one of the best teams in League 1. Wigan Athletic Alley. Wigan. How are we saying that? I mean, I, I am surprised myself to be saying it out loud, but I think as it stands right now, in their current guise, their current run of form, Wigan are no longer a, a you know a, one of those teams whose performances suggest they should be down towards the bottom of the table and they are coming up against the side in crew who I think in their current guise are maybe one of the worst teams um in the division at the moment and I think with teams like Wigan and their current run of form you know of course they beat Sunderland 2-1 last time we saw them um at home and before that they uh and before that they went to Doncaster and won that game 4-1 which I think We can't read too much into the scoreline because if we're talking about where teams currently rank in League One, I think Doncaster are the worst team in the division right now. Um, But yeah, they are kind of good for it. I think often with with these runs of form, you have to dig a little bit deeper to see if there's something a bit amiss or they've just got lucky in a couple of games. And we often talk about um, the Fox Punter ratings and, and looking at Wigan over over that period, they ranked third over the last four matches and seventh of the last eight matches for, for their XG ratio. So it, they are putting in good performances. When you look at the team itself, it's not a massive surprise. Like I still think there are so many, we've said it all season, there are so many good players, good EFL, League One players in this team. Um, and Callum Lang's return to the side has, has really coincided with, with an uptick in form. Um, Dodu's two assists, you know, both from set pieces, fine, but he's somebody who's, who's doing well, Will Keane in behind, um, causing issues a bit. Solomon Otobor is always going to be a, a, you know, a lively one on the left-hand side. Uh, and Funzo Ojo has, has added something since he came in, in January too. They're just a better team than they were back then. And um, even before those two wins against Doncaster uh, and Sunderland, anybody who'd been watching Wigan playing consistently over the last couple of weeks had said, you know, we're actually playing okay at the moment. Like this is um, turning around in terms of our performances. Crew, on the other hand, have been really poor as of late, um, and they are. It's it becomes kind of a common theme when we talk about um, betting at this time of the season. But they, you called it, was it the, the hypothetical beach, mm. the mythical beach? Yeah. Um, Crew looked to me like a team who are approaching that. Um, they lost six 0 to Oxford uh, a couple of weeks ago in, in a desperate performance. They followed, as is often the case, they followed that up with a 0 nil draw, where I think the whole aim from manager um, David Artel was to not concede six goals again to basically tighten up the ship. And and even then, um, Pompey had plenty of chances to win the game. Will Jaskilainen and Goal um, made plenty of good saves. John Marquis missed a penalty as well in the game. Um, They were lucky to get away with that one. And it just seems to me a case of of Wigan being a a better side as it stands at the moment in terms of in between the two, even if the league table um, says differently. And I think Wigan are definitely the more likely winners here they have so much to play for they managed to get themselves out of the out of the drop zone wind in their sails for crew this game just doesn't matter and I don't think the players would have really enjoyed being on the end of a 6-0 thrashing and then not really getting much of the game against Pompey either so um yeah I'm, I'm all over Wigan here uh at about you know they're about 2.8 on the exchange at the moment
0: crew with the the sun cream on you know looking for their sunglasses and a a cap that fits their uh, <laughs> swimming trunks uh, as they head to the beach. Uh, interestingly, I'm also backing one of the best teams in League 1 at the moment, George, who are looking to very much stay in the division. That's Wimbledon. Mm. It, it worries me 50% and excites me 50% that there are two teams in the league one relegation battle that have won back-to-back games and each of them are our nap this weekend on the betting show <laughs> yours is Wigan, and mine is wimbledon uh the way i'd like the the my top line here wimbledon against swindon uh where i'm backing wimbledon at uh, 2.2 is a team that loves their manager versus a team that doesn't doesn't that doesn't love their <laughs> manager. Uh, I don't want to go too far anti-John Sheridan. We've spoken a lot about him. He's probably not the biggest problem at Swindon right now, but um, he certainly doesn't seem to be helping things, doesn't seem to be steering them in the right direction. I think it's fair to fair to say eight defeats for Swindon in their last 10. Uh, and Wimbledon, yes, they won back-to-back games. It wasn't a surprise either that their performance level trended upwards pretty significantly once Mark Robinson took charge, has massively improved in the last month or so. You can see that in their XG ratio numbers over the last eight games. They're posting genuinely good attacking numbers and decent defensive numbers. You know, I'm not going to sit here and say elite defensive numbers, but much improved on both ends of the pitch as they were under Glyn Hodges. And of course, the goals weren't coming. Uh, The first 12 games, I think it was, under Robinson, they only scored seven. And he spoke at length about just trying to get the confidence back into the players, trying to get them uh, much more comfortable in the final third, not snatching at chances. Um, and since then, well, in the last week, they've scored five and three uh, in their two wins. Now, you know, in the same way that we would have thought the numbers suggested that they weren't going to keep firing blanks. Uh, I also don't expect three, four five goal hauls to be the norm from now on to the end of the season. But I definitely don't expect them to go back to those... Previous sort of dour goal scoring numbers uh, that I mentioned of only seven in 12. Uh, I also think a three four five goal hall could be on the cards here just because of the opposition uh, and the propensity I think Swindon have or the likelihood of of collapsing if things don't start going their way here. I think with Wimbledon, they've just got a nice balance of of ball winners and goal threats in midfield. Um, Dobson's been in brilliant form. Uh, obviously, Asal, the, the youngster, the academy graduate, has come in and, and shown a real spark. Rudoni, another academy kid, looks like a a good advanced midfield player, good goal threat. And then up top, um, Piggott, obviously excellent all-round striker at the level. And then either Oli Palmer, who's scored a couple of goals recently, or Ryan Longman, You know, those two partnering him, certainly less consistent, less of a goal threat, but both looking fairly sharp at the moment. And I just think there's so much positivity around the place. You interviewed Mark Robinson on Totally Football League Show Extra Time today. Um, I listened back while I was uh, considering this pick and it definitely confirmed what I thought about one group of players and how they're being managed and how that is getting a good performance level out of them in a tough situation which the league one relegation battle is versus a team that is is completely the opposite i mean swindon they lost four in a row then they won two and now they've lost four in a row again just huge issues at the back if you just look at the lineups from the last like five six games it's carnage some genuinely baffling selections some defenders who are not combining to to, to make a, a even a semi-solid back line and all of it amounts to just this muddled team with no obvious game plan or, or if there is a game plan at least not with one any kind of effectiveness um, at the moment they do have Jack Payne and Scott Twine now that's the concern if you're backing against Swindon a bit of Payne and Twine magic can win you the odd game as we've seen but I think compounded this week, uh, the poor form with off-field issues coming out on Wednesday, um, the the club supporters trust released a statement saying that the club themselves have basically cut all ties with them, uh, no more communication with the supporters trust. The suggestion is that the owners trying to put the club into administration or sell it to a third party, um, and, and it's I mean it's just unraveling quite spectacularly off the pitch and uh, on it at the moment that's being reflected so i think wimbledon can can go one more i think they can win three in a row uh, wimbledon my nap this week at 2.2 2, so uh, i mean if it was three wins in a row for wigan and for wimbledon that would be uh well it would be pretty significant in the league one relegation battle that's for sure uh, what's your next best george i think you were quite keen on wimbledon as well that is my
1: next Yes, and I was excited that I was going to be able to bring to the table um, first-hand experience of managing, of, of interviewing a manager today. And I mean, I di- I, to be fair, I didn't.
0: I didn't really say what he said. So I, I, I <laughs> no, didn't. And we haven't spoken about it yet since you interviewed him. So I am interested to know what you got from it.
1: I, I thought he was impressive. You know, I mean, I seem to think basically every manager that I interview is pretty impressive. Um, You're a soft touch. <laughs> no, it's just really good caliber of managers in the EFL, mate. It's thing to say. <laughs> uh, there was one bit that I quite enjoyed where I say to him, and obviously I haven't heard the final edits, so I have no idea what pretty Abby has cut out. But I, um, I said, you know, as a manager, you haven't managed a full season yet. What are your, you know, what do you see your philosophies being? And he was like, biggest biggest pet hate in football that we're not philosophers. Yeah, and I, and I love that he was like, there's nothing, nothing I can do that's new. You know, we don't have new ideas. We're just doing whatever's been done in the past. And then he said, 1940s Hungary, which I liked as well because <laughs> I'm, I'm half Hungarian. <laughs> um yeah and then uh, and then I kind of spoke to him about the process and and how he kind of tries to engage his players. He seems to be somebody who just is very attuned to to the intangibles I guess you know you and I sit here the whole time and talk about belief and, and all this stuff and how teams look on the pitch but we, we don't know like the ins and outs and how much that matters and, and that interview talking to him made me realize just how big a job. It is, is to manage personalities and characters rather than just systems and tactics. Mm. And he was very much, you know, he, he spoke about how um, the idea of, of AFC Wimbledon beating Ipswich is seen as kind of a, a, a an underdog story. is just wrong in his mind. He was like, we have to get out of that mentality. We have to see ourselves, irrespective of our budget and everything else, we have to understand that we're pitting ourselves against levels um, and we have to come out on top. And I like that. I like his way of thinking, and I think we're starting to see um, we're starting to see the fruits of that on the football pitch. And it feels totally the opposite for Swindon, um, who kind of feel rudderless. Um, I guess uh, they're just a team who, who off the pitch under Lee Power, um, there are massive issues at the moment in terms of of their possibility of going into administration. Um, it feels like they're kind of going going down pretty. You know, if anything, their good run came too early, and now they're back where they were. And other teams around them are picking up points. Um, the Sherrod Renaissance is over. What came after the Renaissance? It was the was it the scientific period?
0: Uh, some, well, some sort of existential crisis, wasn't there? No, th-
1: well, I thought it was scientific, and maybe that's what you know. Mark Robinson is saying he's no philosopher; he's a scientist.
0: That is tenuous. Mm, non- complete nonsense, but I like it. I like it. We're both Thank on. You. We're both on Wimbledon this weekend. Uh, staying in League One, I am also going to be backing Charlton uh, 2.1 to beat Ipswich uh, this weekend. Been really impressed with the calm, positive management of Nigel Adkins, um, and that is—it's uh, not a surprise. I think it's what we expected from him. But I think more specifically. In comparison to how i saw charlton's season going previous uh to prior to his appointment under lee boya a manager who we have a lot of time for who's evidently stepped into birmingham is doing a fantastic job who overall i think his time at charlton will be looked back on as a period of success and and a, mon- a manager that i genuinely feel positively about but my perception of of, of charlton and maybe it's not entirely boya's fault maybe it's to do with the, the carnage off field and um, and a lack of stability, I don't know. But it felt like they were lurching from highs to lows this season. Um, very little consistency, you know, some good runs, some terrible runs. Just couldn't quite, you know, injuries definitely played a part. But I didn't feel like his his management of the situation was, uh, was as good as it could have been to sort of bring it back to an even keel. That's exactly what I think Nigel Adkins has done. And I think a team with this much quality who... I guess it's weird to say at this stage of the season, because it doesn't feel like they've been a very dominant side in league one this season compared to some of the others. But I think a a squad with this much quality, a first 11 with this much quality, I don't think you need to, to be over emotional, over dramatic with them. I think this is the sort of management that they need. So I'm feeling quite positive. Um, The first game they drew under Adkins against Wimbledon should have won really stupid goal to concede playing out from the back. Big big mistake. Um, Then they beat Doncaster and Sunderland in the last week. Uh, They're not, Uh, they're not dominating games, I wouldn't say, but they seem much sturdier, much more cohesive. And as I say, just a little bit calmer, a little bit, uh, just a little bit more on top of things, I think. It it helps that they actually have centre-backs now. Uh, Innes is back from long-term injury. Him and Pierce played last weekend at the Stadium of Light. Innes is a huge runner from set pieces, by the way. He's absolutely massive. Um, But they've also got Oshelaja on the bench. um, And so they're not having to play a Gunter or a Pratley at centre-back anymore. They're a bit like up, up top at the moment with an EK and injury doubt and Connor Washington is out, but I think Jaden Stockley's looked pretty sharp actually since joining. So I wouldn't have an issue back in Charlton with Stockley up top. And Matson on loan from Chelsea is now playing on the wing. Um formerly a left back, but I think they're getting the most out of his his speed and technical ability and, and not burdening him too much with dispense, defensive responsibility. Gone with the more sturdy option of uh, of Purrington at left back, but Matson playing well. And they've got Giasimi and, and Miller, who's on loan from Liverpool, as other wide options. So I think they've got, uh, you know, a good squad, uh, an available squad, a ton of midfield options. They seem to have about eight different, nice, tidy central midfield players. So with that, players back from injury, players in the right positions, karma management. I think Charlton will will certainly put a lot of pressure on those in the playoff places. The reason I haven't said I think they'll make the playoffs is I don't know quite how vulnerable those in the playoff places are at the moment. I guess Lincoln are the, are the big question mark still. Uh, and I'm maybe not as down on Lincoln as some, but I think Charlton will certainly ask the question, put it that way. They're up against an Ipswich side who were embarrassed to, to a certain extent, I think, in midweek, losing 3-0 to Wimbledon. Cook, uh, post-match, he's, he's, he's at that point that Nigel Pearson's out as well with Bristol City. It's it's actually quite a nice point to be when you've been appointed manager towards the end of a season where nothing can really I mean they they obviously could have made the playoffs, but let's say nothing was really going to happen at the very end of the season. You can just you can be so strong with your words with like five games to go because you just you just know that that players aren't going to be there. You know, he's he's been he clearly just doesn't like this group of players. He said, I can't even tell you. I've, w- I've watched football for years and years. I've been around football. I always put myself in the supporter's position. Our supporters are tired now and bored of us, aren't they? Let's have it right. That's what they are. Um, I'm lucky enough and privileged to have a chance, hopefully, to try and change a lot of what's going on. There's no throwing the players under the bus. There's no excuses offered. We're a million miles away from a good team, and that includes myself and the staff tonight. You win together, lose together, et cetera, et cetera. And he said... I've been managing a long time now, and the best feeling as a manager is when you put a team on the pitch that you trust. I don't trust our team, and I'm going to be open and say that. It doesn't mean everyone's a bad player or everyone is doing something wrong, but we're miles off it. We're miles off it for our club. So, you know, strong words. I don't have a problem with it. None of it particularly matters at the moment that the club is moving in the right direction, um, we hope, with, with change of ownership, a change of manager. But if this group of players didn't respond to his initial appointment and his initial ideas, which they clearly didn't because they've only got 10 points in 10 games and only two wins, then I don't think they're going to suddenly respond to some strong words after a 3-0 defeat at Wimbledon. So I'm not expecting a resurgent Ipswich. It might happen, but they failed to score in five of their last seven games. Um, Can't get it going in the final third of the pitch and therefore it's all pointing like a Charlton win for me. So Wimbledon and Charlton, my first two picks. Next one for you.
1: You could basically say that whole thing and replace Sheffield Wednesday for Charlton and Bristol City for um, for Ipswich because it's very similar.
0: Um, Nigel Pearson and Paul Kirk should just sit down have a pint and just really let off some steam about this. Reminisce script. about being on Not the Top 20 content. <laughs> um,
1: yeah, I, I'm keeping the faith still with Darren Moore and Sheffield Wednesday. I, I still, uh, you know, they... They won that Cardiff game so well and there's been two really poor results since but I'm not convinced they've been poor performances really as a team. They had 18 shots against QPR in the game. They lost 4-1. Will Smith had a bit of a shockering goal uh, and it wasn't a 4-1 game on the balance of play in my view. Again, midweek against Swansea, um, there wasn't much in it. It was a game of of pretty few chances uh, and Swansea edged it in the end but again, I'm I'm not convinced they were necessarily a, a much worse side on the day. Um, and I think they're coming up against in Bristol City or against a side who are just incredibly poor. And I think we'll any team playing against Bristol City, home or away, at the moment will have the better chances and the better of it. Um, I think Sheffield Wednesday are creating enough. I think in Jordan Rhodes, they've got a player who, who will eventually put those chances away. Um, Josh Windass is, is going through a bit of a lean spell finishing wise as well. Um, yeah, I, I think that they're you know they're two point one two. So only just. Odds against, but um, but I think if we see a, a, a level of performance that we that we're used to seeing at the moment under Sheffield Wednesday, so under Darren Moore for Sheffield Wednesday, they should run out pretty easy winners here. Bristol City are just desperate and uh, are kind of um, treading water to the to the finish line.
0: Does anyone do that? Tread water to the finish. Well, if you did a triathlon in a weird order.
1: No, but then you wouldn't tread water because treading water is just staying afloat.
0: It depends what t- what way there's if there's a current. It's a horrible clash of metaphors. It's the beauty of talking about football like ten hours a week is that you you end up mishmashing a ton of a ton of random cliches together to create mishmash to create <laughs> to create and
1: words also start losing all meaning mishmash.
0: I, I'm actually struggling to string sentences together, Mish. which has probably become Mash. clear. Uh, I've actually got. I mean, my last NB mish-mash is um... potato. No, come on. <laughs> Come on, mate. We've only got five minutes to go. Keep it together. Crisscross potato. Okay. Come on. Um, over 2.5 goals in this game is actually my next pick. So there's quite Ooh. a lot of, Quite a lot of crossover. Quite a
1: lot of 3-0
0: crossover. 3-0 Sheffield Wednesday. Or 4-0. Or 5-0. Or <laughs> 6-2. 6-2 Sheffield Wednesday. <laughs> 2. Um, I'd 6-2 be it. No. Um, 2.25. Uh, best price at the moment no 2.2 2, sorry it's just been slashed as I was talking um, <laughs> uh, I think Paddy's and Betfair are, are offering the 2.2 2. for me this is this is kind of like one of those little experiments that I do every now and again I, I more of a, a psychological or situational thing I think for me just just to do with the end of the season and how fixtures play out um, at this stage of the of the campaign compared to your, your normal fixtures Sheffield Wednesday seven points from safety Everyone thinks they're down. No two ways about it. Nothing to lose, really. They just need to go for it. They need to win. And under Darren Moore, that's natural to them. They, they want to show more attacking intent. I think they have done over the last few weeks. I think the first half of the season, they were one of a number of teams in this league who decided to, to play the first half of the season as if, Drawing nil-nil would get you three points. Um, they, they were one of the many teams who, who played every game on the margins. Every game had few goals. Um, just 38 total goals in their first 23 games. 1.65 per game. Miserable, miserable stuff. But in their last 18, George, 50 goals. 2.77 Ooh. per game. Eight of their last 11, Sheffield Wednesday, have gone over 2.5. Now, a lot of those have been heavy defeats. And obviously, that's not what you're looking for here. But, you know, I do think they're the most likely winners. Bristol City, not a lot to play for other than just trying to avoid the wrath of Nigel Pearson, Um, which, I mean, that would motivate me. Uh, Maybe not some of these uh, (laughs) Robins, but only two of their six last games, only two of their last six games have gone overs. Um, And that would be why I guess the price is as it is. But. I just find it difficult to imagine that this is going to be like really tight, marginal, low on chances with with two teams giving nothing away. Because I don't think Bristol City care enough currently to do that. And I don't think Sheffield Wednesday would play like that anyway, because that doesn't really suit their situation. I think they have to go for it. And especially if Bristol City go ahead, Wednesday are going to have to start pouring forward. I guess the worst case for this bet is if Wednesday go ahead and then Bristol City just sack it all off and Sheffield Wednesday sort of just coast to a 1-0 win. But I think... There'll be some caution thrown to some wind, put it that way. Um, and I'm on the overs at 2.2 uh, with Betfair. As a result, that leaves us with some bonus selections, George. I'm interested to see what you've conjured up this week.
1: Yeah, my bonus pick is just a, a win bet. Wow, I'm, back, I'm just backing Wickham to beat Swansea. Bit mm-hmm. a bit of, of 8.0, 701 on 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 Betfair Exchange at the moment. Hello. Uh, I don't think I don't think Swansea should be that. Should be 1.57 against. You know, Even if this was, was, was a game towards the end of the season and Wickham were down, I, I still think that's a bet. Um, you heard Gareth Ainsworth saying that he still believes that they can win their last five games and stay up. I can guarantee you that, that will be drilled into the players. This is the last roll of the dice for Wickham. You know, They, they come unstuck here. That's the end of it. They're going down next season, probably without their manager, uh, and, and they're going to be a lot poorer for it. What
0: I feel like you've gone quite big uh, in the last week or so about like yeah, yeah you, I think you've he's, basically I, decided that Ainsworth's gone and we've not really discussed I think I think that's I, something we should think, discuss further isn't it
1: it's a big he'll thing go irrespective of whether he get he's getting that job or not really personally? that job being yeah, the I, I um, so. North End's job yeah I think and he'd be wise to do so because he's going down with his stock pretty high I think it's going to be a hell of an effort to get Wickham even in the top half next season. Um, and suddenly, if he's sitting there in December and they're 15th or, or worse, um, the jobs that are going to be open to him are going to be very different to the jobs that are open to him now. And, and I think that his his manner in the media recently, it looks to me like a man who is putting himself fully in the shop window. So it's, I'm not just saying he's going to go to Preston. I just don't think he'll be there next season. Um, and uh, yeah, and, and I think that Swansea still even though they've won back-to-back games 5-0 on aggregate and, you know, Lowe's back in the goals. The performances haven't been great. You know, I just mentioned the Chef Wednesday game. It wasn't a vintage performance from Swansea there. They were, as you mentioned earlier, on the back foot against Millwall early. Um, and I think that Wickham are a side who are going to look to put it up. them. And, and Wickham, despite being thrashed last time out, were ahead when they went down to 10 men. Could have been a very different game. Otherwise, we've seen them give incredibly awkward games um, to... Most teams in this division at times, even if the final score hasn't reflected that, I just don't, I don't think it's a seven to one shot. Um, that they come out of this with all three points. This is, yeah, this is going to be a very, very awkward game for Swansea, and um, and I don't think they're going to enjoy it at all. Hmm.
0: Uh, my bonus picks are I've got a couple always. Uh, the first one is Blackpool Sunderland, correct score 2 1 to Blackpool, the home side, at 10.5. This was, I was basically. <laughs> I honestly i was just trying to entertain myself earlier george i've been reading the the opta uh the new thing that opta are doing called the analyst which is brilliant it's sort of data-driven storytelling for football um obviously opta with their data are in a very strong position to do so and have great people to sort of bring it to life and they were they were tweeting about their current predictions for uh the the final tables uh in Championship, League One, League Two. Uh, we retweeted these on the timeline. If you want to check it out for your team, it basically gives your team percentage probability of finishing in all of the slots, if you still can, or, or the only slots that you can finish in. Anyway, the, the science behind it is obviously quite a complicated model, taking loads of things into account and then running 10,000 simulations of like every game from now on mm. to the end of the season. And I thought to myself, I'm going to take a match and run one very detailed simulation in my own head. <laughs> and I chose Blackpool Sunderland because I think it's an intriguing fixture. And I ran a simulation in my head and it finished 2-1 to Blackpool. So I'm backing that okay. uh, 10.5. I wouldn't suggest that anyone follows me in on that, but I just wanted... Would, vari-
1: would variance not suggest that maybe um, the next time it's less likely to be that and
0: therefore if it's already happened once? Variance doesn't... It's not a variable in my model.
1: Okay, fine. When, okay. When's
0: it happened before?
1: No, I'm more. it happened in your head.
0: <laughs> no, I mean, we're way we're way beyond my my brain capacity right now. So I'm just going to move on from that, okay. um, and I'm going to tell you about the holiday maker um, as we tick as the game weeks um, get get smaller and smaller. Um, at the, you know, I, I need to win one of these CB holiday makers, and um, this weekend I've picked a couple: Mads Anderson, fifty to one, Barnsley to score first this weekend. Uh, you know, he's got like six assists. His job is basically to knock it down for Michael Hellick to score. Hellick's got all the goals and Addison's got all the assists. But I think that means Addison is his first contact most of the time. And, you know, one might just go off the wrong part of his head and fly in the top corner. Uh, so Mads Anderson, 50 to 1. Jacob Greaves of Hull, 33 to 1 to score first. And Connor Hall of Harrogate. Uh, those are my three. A penny on the treble will uh, will take me to probably a domestic-based holiday this summer. Um, and there you go. So just remind me, George, if you will, if you can, what your selections are ahead of this weekend, and then we can put an end to what's been, I think, a very low quality but um, very enjoyable betting <laughs> show.
1: My nap is Wigan to beat Crew. Uh, my next best is your nap, which is AFC Wimbledon mm-hmm. to beat. You might as well say the second team because they're both of us. Swindon. Yeah. Uh, your second Sheff- team. Sheffield Wednesday, no. Then Sheffield Wednesday uh, to beat Bristol City, and the long shot Wickham to beat Swansea.
0: Yeah. So Wimbledon for me. Uh, Charlton, my next best. Sheffield Wednesday, Bristol City over two point five goals. Blackpool two, Sunderland one, uh, and then the the centre backs: Mads Anderson, Jacob Greaves, and Connor Hall. Guys, go well. I mean, the 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 cool thing about this Is Connor Hall, your favourite footballer, called Connor H. No. Okay. Um, that's of Howrahan, George, <laughs> uh, which I believe is what you were suggesting. Uh, guys, yes. I want to know, I'm, I'm going for a bit of social engagement here. It's not really our thing on the betting show. Normally we wrap this up and we try and just dive headfirst into the weekend and uh, try and forget anything else that's happened this week. But I want to know, because at this stage of the season, it's all well and good backing, you know, singles, weekend singles and hackers. But I reckon there are some people listening to this show with some very interesting anti-post bets. Uh, which are sort of coming to a head maybe either look like bankers or you know on the line I want to see if you'd be willing to share and feel free to just dm us I'm just I'm just interested more than anything Um, what's your most interesting anti-post that's live still running and 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 that you're most excited about I put one on in at the start of February I'll just share one you know Um, Coventry and Colchester relegation double at that point 81.5 to 1 I got with bet Victor at that stage and it's one of those that I know won't end up winning but it's going to take me very very close so I've got a close eye on this Rotherham-Cov game tonight up the Millers. Uh, Anything you want to share on that front George? What's your most exciting anti-post selection?
1: Well, I had a, I had a pre-season Trixie of Huddersfield, Burton and Southend that would have won me a lot of money and Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank has just <laughs> really made that not fun. Um, but Huddersfield going down would, would still pay a few quid. And then, yeah, the better show picks that the Lincoln points by, the Swansea points by, it hasn't been a great week for either of them. Um, or, sorry it has, it's been a very good week for both of them, but not a great month for either of them. So fingers crossed they can both pick up a few. Although... Yeah, win-win for me, I guess, for Swansea, Wickham on uh, <laughs> on the weekend.
0: And I think, in terms of our one to twenty fours, we picked Norwich, we picked Peterborough, and we picked Salford. So it'd be great to get two or three, because I think that's what we would—that that's the sort of standards we would hold ourselves to at the start of the season. Uh, Salford very much. Um, letting us down there. Anyway, guys, thank you for listening to this week's betting show. Uh, Let us know about your anti-post picks, uh, anything ahead of this weekend as well. Be great to hear from you at NTT20Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Otherwise, have a brilliant weekend. Um, Bet responsibly, please, if you're going to, uh, and enjoy the weekend. We'll talk again on Monday.